My name is Amanda Newland Davis, and I run Oklahoma Cold Cases along with my partner Jen. At Oklahoma Cold Cases, we try to shine light on the cases of the missing, murdered, and unidentified that otherwise don't get much media attention. For the last four years, we've existed solely on Facebook, sharing the posts of the missing, murdered, and unidentified of Oklahoma. But this past year, we've branched out and started a database in which we list all of the names of every cold case that is in Oklahoma that we are currently aware of. You can find us at oklahomacoldcases.org. I would also like to take a minute to let you know about our podcast, which is called The Throwaways. It is about the Lawton serial killer, which is a series of unsolved killings considered to be by the same killer, which took place roughly between 1999 and 2003 in Lawton, Oklahoma. You can find it wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to Sirens, a true crime podcast brought to you by the Sirens Network. This podcast contains explicit content, so listener discretion is advised. The opinions expressed on this podcast are solely the views of the hosts and do not reflect the views of affiliates, associates, or sponsors of this podcast. This is Sirens, a true crime podcast. Okay, so before we start this episode, I want to talk about something just real quick. I thought that was this was really cool. So you know that I got my DNA tested, right? I told you that. I did mm-hmm. like the, the Ancestry DNA kit. Okay. Well, here's the deal. I, for some reason, thought that that immediately opened my DNA up to be matched with law enforcement. Like when they are looking for DNA matches for like bodies that they find that they can't uh, identify. Yeah, putting it in their database. I'm I'm totally familiar. Right. Well, for listeners, so they have this. This law enforcement has this database, but I mean, it's it's basically a database that they upload these DNA kits to when there's some sort of violent crime that they can't solve. Pretty much when they have like unsolved things happen. For instance, this is how the the Golden Gate Killer was caught this way in 2018 by somebody uploading their uh, DNA kit. Well, here's the thing. I thought, okay, I'm gonna do the ancestry. It's gonna just like go into this database immediately. And I'm gonna see if like, I'm gonna be like helping law enforcement see if I get, get pinged or anything. Nothing ever came of it. Well. Here's the deal. That's not actually how it works. <laughs> There's this website called GED Match, which which is jedmatch.com. And that is the database that law enforcement uses. So if you want to help law enforcement with your DNA, you want to upload it. It doesn't matter if you get it through like Ancestry or whatever, wherever you do this kit, but you do already have to have a DNA test done. You can download those results from Ancestry or wherever you do your test and then upload them to GEDmatch. It will give you this little option of being able to match with law enforcement and it opens it up for law enforcement to be searched. Now they cannot see your DNA, anything about your DNA or you until it is actually matched in their database with someone or something. And then they will get a hold of you from there and like get for more information and stuff. But so I wanted to share that it's called jedmatch.com. There are YouTube videos on how to use it. Search family history fanatics on youtube they have a lot of videos on how to use jedmatch.com why you would want to use jedmatch.com how law enforcement uses it how the fbi categorizes violent crimes so that your dna can be used and even how to like upload your kit into jedmatch.com so anyway do that if you want to just like solve crimes while you sit on your butt <laughs> like, <laughs> like me 
Today we're talking about Brittany Tiger. Brittany Tiger was 26 years old. Now this is another Ada case because you know we love talking about Ada. This one is actually still a cold case and at this point I do believe there is still a $10,000 reward out on the OSBI website for anyone with information on, on solving Brittany's case. Brittany apparently, according to her sister Jessica, and here's another thing too, real quick. I got most of this information from an interview that Dateline did with Brittany's family. There is also, obviously, The Daily Oklahoman, The Ada News, and my last one is from... It's called VNN. It's called the Verified News Network. Yes. According to Brittany's sister, she had a heart of gold. She told Dateline that as a mother, sister, daughter, aunt, friend, that Brittany always wore a smile and forever lent a helping hand. Brittany was 26 years old. She was the youngest of three sisters living in Ada. Jessica, the oldest of the trio, told Dateline that her baby sister Brittany was a firecracker, but kind, genuine, and gorgeous, even on the inside. Now, we did, I, you saw pictures of her, right? Oh, yeah. Like, I know, I've met her. I know who she is. Very, very pretty girl. Brittany was, she was a Native American girl, young Native American girl. In 2017, Brittany's days were dedicated to taking care of her three young children and spending time with loved ones. In September of that year, the family grew by one when Brittany married Will Gomez. Apparently, the pair were inseparable, according to Brittany's sister. Brittany and the kids moved in with Will, moved into his house, and this newly little formed family of five lived together in what friends described as a really happy home. But just a few months into the marriage, something happened. So on February 11th, 2018, the children are staying with their biological fathers and Will would later tell the police that he and Brittany took the opportunity to go to bed early and get a good night's sleep. Oh my God. But, and, and I get it, like you're, I get it, you're a parent and maybe, maybe that's true, but. Not according to the text that she sent her mother at 11 o'clock that night. Do you remember what the text said? Oh, yes. I'm leaving Will. I'm going to Texas to stay with my sister. Right, 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 right. And then an hour later, she's like, oh, never mind. I'm okay. I'm having problems with my phone. Yeah, that's real fishy, man. Hmm. That's, that's real fishy. Oh, I'm just saying. I'm... And apparently this isn't the first time that she had said, like, to someone in person with her mouth that she was going to leave him. Anyway. Right, right. Anyway, anyway. At 3.30 a.m., According to Will, he woke up and found the space beside him in bed empty and Brittany was nowhere to be found. He said that he assumed that she went to stay with a friend or something like that. Like, who? I'm... No. <laughs> I'm sorry. Hold on a second. You go to bed early. <laughs> Everything's totally fine. You wake up at 3.30. Neither one of you has a car. Hey, Dear general public, neither one of these people had a car, and right, she's right. just gone. Okay, I'm cool with it. She must be with a friend. Yeah, I mean, I guess I could see, like, if they got into a fight, if my husband and I got into a fight, I could see me calling you and saying, hey, I, will you come pick me up? But there was nothing mentioned about a friend, and it's really odd for this to happen at 3.30 in the morning, number one. Why are you awake? Why? Well, I mean, even if he woke up, like, don't you think he would freak out? I would freak out if I woke up and my husband was not beside me. I would absolutely lose my shit if my husband was just MIA, regardless of what he said to me that day. I would be calling everyone going, have you seen my husband? Where is he at? I need to know he's safe. None of this happened. No. As a matter of fact, he never contacted the police. And after a week of her being gone and no one hearing for her from her for over a week, Brittany's family finally got like super concerned. And, and apparently the whole time they tried to push Will into calling the police because apparently he's the one, I don't really know if this is true or not, law enforcement, you should probably let us know. But they assumed that Will was the one that would have to file a missing persons report because- They live together. 
And so they never, they never did that. But finally they were like, listen, something is going on and this is not cool. And Britney's sister, Jessica, and her mother, Bernadine, lived only a half a mile away from where Britney's house was. And according to Jessica, Britney never went that far without telling at least one of them. Even if something was going on with Will, she would check in with them. And she hadn't checked in for like over a week. And so they finally called the police and they were like, listen, my sister's missing. I don't know what happened. And according to police, Will said Brittany must have left when he was sleeping because she took a couple of hoodies, a bag of makeup with her. And at the time, police believed that Brittany left willingly on foot. Like for some reason, they never was like, well, maybe a friend picked her up. They just thought that she just grabbed her stuff and just took off at 3.30 in the morning, just took off walking. Well, I've seen it in a heated argument. It's like, I, I will, you know what I mean? In her shoes, if he was a scary, threatening person, which are you gonna get into his past? So he is obviously not a right side of the tracks kind of guy. So you get into yeah. an altercation with him, but or, or you're planning to leave, or you're scared of him, and you go lay down, and it's like, okay, he's asleep. I'm fucking jetting. If yeah. you know what I mean, I truly do not believe that's what happened at all. And his story changed what three times? What happened? So oh yeah, or his reasoning for not calling. I'm sorry. Not only that, but one of the sisters, I mean, lived or the mother, sorry, Bernadine, only lived a half a mile away. Like. I have walked, you know where my mother lives, I have walked from there to literally to high school before. And that's that's less than that. But I will tell you, when someone is a fucking psychopath, they know where you're going and they will go there and look for you or threaten your family like he did with the ex-wife. You know what yeah. I mean? So if, yeah. if, and I'm not saying this happened, I'm just saying, dear women out there, if you're in a scary situation, hide. Do not go somewhere yeah. obvious. Because <laughs> right. that, that was one of my biggest fears is that so-and-so was going to show up, you know, at my loved one's house and hold them basically yeah. for ransom, which they did one time. So, you know. Oh, my God. Yeah, my grandparents. I, You know what? I think I knew that. Yep. I'm pretty sure. I, I mean, so shit's scary. It's just scary. Yeah. Well, and she wasn't a very large woman anyway. She oh, was like, so what, 5'3", five, 5'4"? Five, yeah, 5'2", yeah. 5'3", I think. She was real little. Yeah, she was pretty, yeah, she was a pretty small woman. And also, yeah, you're right. I mean, when you are in that sort of mindset, even you kind of surprise yourself on what right, you do. Right, in right. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, shit, I'm resilient. Who knew? <laughs> yeah. February 19th. Britney's half-sister, Christina, reported Britney missing to the police department. The Ada police officers promptly went to the Gomez home to conduct a welfare check. Uh, and you know what? This is another thing that kind of puts up red flags, too. Because obviously the sisters and the mom are super concerned about Britney, but they won't even go to the house to check on her. Like, obviously, they they are scared of him in some way. If they, You know what I mean? Like, if they won't even do a welfare check on their own, there's something obviously keeping them away from that house. Oh, yeah. My mom would call Interpol, Scotland Yard, flying drones, whatever. Like, there's, <laughs> I'm sorry, there's no, uh, that's yeah. a weird situation. So, Ada Police Department Detective Brian Engel told Dateline that Brittany's husband was, Will, was there. And they took his statement at the house. And according to police, Will said Brittany, like I said, must have left when, when he was asleep. She took a couple of hoodies, took a bag of makeup, and they thought that, you know, she just took off on foot because neither of them had a car. But Brittany's family maintains that she would never have abandoned her children on her own accord, just like in the middle of the night without telling anybody where she's going. Apparently, she had a really good track record of if they got into a fight, she would either text or call mom or sister and say, hey, I need to leave the kids with you or something like that. Like she wouldn't just abandon her kids. Her kids were at their birth father's house, right? So it's not like she left the kids with Gomez. She just scrammed and left them with their respective fathers. Yeah, and I guess they mean like that following week. Yeah. Because I would assume that if this was, if this was a weekend, which I would have to look at the date, but if it was. I think it was. And they were at their dad's for the weekend. 
she would probably have had to go and pick him up like Sunday night or something like that. And, you know, she just never showed up. Yeah, because the mom states that she tried to get Will, her personally, and she tried to get Will to call all weekend, and he never did. Right. So, yeah. That that wording, I'm just assuming. Yeah, and for the following week after, he never would call the police. But, yeah. So, Verified News Network spoke with Tiger's mother, Bernadine, who told them that she had messaged her just days also before the disappearance said that she was planning to leave will so now that's like what two messages at least that she has told her mom like i'm i'm gonna leave him including one that night bernadine said i messaged will and told him to go file a missing persons report i said go now and he said he would well all throughout that week he never went the weeks of waiting and trying to look for her hoping that she'd been found were awful and long jessica said jessica told dateline she remembers the day after Brittany disappeared as something you think to see on tv or a bad movie according to the ada police department and jessica Brittany's husband, Will, didn't seem to share the same desperation to find Brittany. He was just like, ah, she's off doing something somewhere. Like, this wasn't a normal thing for her. So, like, for him to be so nonchalant about it, it's very odd anyway. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Authorities told Dateline that Will said he wasn't worried that Brittany was missing because he told them Brittany commonly left for weeks at a time. For that reason, Will told investigators when Brittany disappeared, he carried on with his routine and even felt comfortable enough leaving the city for a period of time. And Brittany's sister's like, no, 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 she doesn't. She does not do that. She's never done that before. I don't know where he's coming up with this, but that's literally (laughs) never happened. The Ada Police Department received information that Gomez traveled to Shawnee, Oklahoma after Brittany went missing allegedly to visit his father who lived in the area to do some work there with him detective engel told dateline will claimed to be mad at her for quote unquote leaving unannounced jessica said so he went and worked in oklahoma city neither jessica nor the ada police department knows what kind of work will was allegedly doing there will gomez did not respond to dateline's request for comment on any of this no one actually has really gotten anything from him after this entire situation like anyone who's ever tried to contact him for it like even the police haven't really i think they lost where he went at one point and i'm pretty sure that they don't even know where he is now jessica says she never went anywhere without will he was always right beside her that's why we found it strange that when she first went missing he didn't even ask to see if she was at our house so i mean that just gives me like a really overbearing feeling like she can't you know what i mean like she can't go anywhere by herself she can't do anything by herself but then he's saying well she goes off and does stuff by herself for weeks at a time she just never comes back like those stories aren't adding and where are her kids while she's gone for weeks at a time yeah and why why wouldn't the biological father know any of this why wouldn't he corroborate this story because people like this man probably would not have wanted to watch her children while she was gone and probably would have like sent them to their bio dads or something you know what i mean yeah so family friends and authorities continued to search for Brittany, and then on march 16th 2008 about a month after Brittany's disappearance a local cattleman came upon Brittany's body in a wooded area by colahoma which is about 15 miles from ada we talked about Colahoma on our last, our Supernatural podcast. And so if you want to know, if you haven't listened to that one, you want to know a little more information about Colahoma, go listen to that one real quick. We'll, we'll wait. We'll be right here. Oh, good. You're back. And you know everything about Colahoma. Hey, right. Okay. So it's by, it's like not far from the stomp grounds. You remember that? Right. And she wasn't actually found at Colahoma. She was found about uh, a mile south of Colahoma in a local cattleman's pasture. And But the thing was is that she wasn't really that far off of the road. She was only about 200 yards off of the road. And whoever, however she got there, would have had to jump his fence 
and she was kind of found in the middle of his field. Law enforcement said that it was clear she didn't get there on her own. Pontotoc County Sheriff John Christian said, quote, a person who had that property leased and had cattle on it was out there with his children checking the cattle and actually drove up on the body, realized what it was and called and reported it. We arrived shortly thereafter. The Pontotoc County Sheriff's Office was the first law enforcement agency on the scene. Christian said Tiger's clothes were pulled up and her body was laid out. How he described it was that it looked like someone, she was already deceased when she was brought to this location, pulled her underneath the fence and then like pulled her by her legs out into the middle of this field. And while they were pulling her by her legs, her arms lifted up over her head in a dragging fashion and her, the clothes that she was wearing, like kind of lifted up next to her neck and like bunched up there which was also consistent with with her being dragged there so they for sure think that she was not actually killed there but she was killed somewhere else and then brought to that location he says like possibly someone was dragging her by her legs and therefore her arms were following behind her i believe from indications that i saw that it appears that someone took her body out there I do not believe that she was alive on that property. I think she was already deceased just from what indications I saw and was took there and left, end quote. I freaking, I hate, I hate this. I mainly hate that there is no actual cause of death. That fucks me up more than anything. And also, like, why that spot? You know what I mean? Like, why, why there? I would love to say who knows. But someone knows. Someone fucking knows. Probably more than one someone knows. Number two. This is 15 miles from Brittany's home. Will did not have a car. Brittany did not have a car. There's someone out there who had to have driven her all the way out there. You know what I mean? The Oklahoma State Bureau of Investigation was called in to take control of the death scene investigation. The Oklahoma State Medical Examiner's Office determined the body was Tiger's, and the investigation was turned back over to the Ada Police, where the original missing persons report was filed. Jessica says to Dateline, She came home, just not in the way we wanted her to. It hurts to think my sister, whom I loved all her life, was in such an area and in such a way. It was cold and rainy a lot during that time. An autopsy report released later that month states that the cause and manner of Brittany's death is unknown, like you said. Uh, However, apparently there was meth found in her system. Her mom said her problems with drugs had been going on for a couple years. Yes, and the report also detailed how Brittany was found lying on her back with her hands above her head. The body was already in a state of decomp. So methamphetamine addiction isn't uncommon in Pontotoc County. Can I explain something here yes. real quick? Okay. On on a forensic pathology side of things, and actually your husband would be a really good source to back me up on this. I don't know how bad opiate addictions, narcotics, things like that. I mean, I assume they're bad in Tulsa, just like they are anywhere else. Oh yeah. But they really So are. a lot of times what will happen is with ODs, a lot of times what happens, especially if her problem is off and on. So say you load up a syringe with 10 cc's and then you start to build up the tolerance. And so you need more and more. So when the time that you quit, and you either hit rock bottom, you run out of money, you know, nobody trusts you, you get in trouble, you have to go to drug court, whatever the turning point is, say you you load 20 cc's, then you're clean. Say you're clean for four or five months, then you fall off the wagon. Then you go right back to that same amount that you were using when you quit. But you forget that you mm-hmm. built up to that amount. Right. And all of a sudden you've OD'd. Yeah, 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 yeah. So all addictive drugs produce tolerance and addicts compensate by increasing drug exposure. So the quality, the quantity of illicit drug ingested is related to the severity of addiction. So she only had like four point something something MCGs in her body. Yeah, it 
It definitely wasn't enough for an overdose. Yeah, and even given that she's a tiny person, like, you have to, you know what I mean? It's just like, if you're drinking beer with a grown man, it's hard to go drink for drink with him because he outweighs you by 200 pounds, you know? We have qualitative, but not quantitative tests for this because they're trying to develop treatment. So what that means is we can basically just measure yes or no, not how much you took, or how much you require. Therefore, we can't accurately measure how much of anything is needed for a treatment plan, if that makes sense. We can't counterbalance it. So we're working on studying the pharmacology, but since these fucking maniacs can make the shit right in their kitchen, it's hard or impossible to get exact measurements of all the ingredients. And so say like me and you could go get meth from two different people in two different states and none of the info would be the same. We could do the same right. amount, but my, my tolerance, if I've been using for six months, might be enough to kill someone else, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. That being said, carry, carry on. It's just to let you know, like, I cannot victim shame. I can't do it. it th- what was in her body has nothing to do, or it might... I would love to say it has nothing to do with her being dead, but it's just a, it's a bad, you're around bad people and you're making bad life choices and you're doing lifestyle things that you normally wouldn't and you can get in scary situations. Also kind of a way that people like deal with things, like you get in a fight with your wife or your husband, some people go and drink wine with their besties, some people go and get high, you know, some people that's just and that may have been what happened she may have gotten into an argument with argument with him decided that she like couldn't deal with it and decided to use a little bit but you're right regardless of what she decided to put into her own body that night not saying that meth is good at all but it has nothing to do with i feel the same way nothing to do with her being deceased at all yeah. um i feel like someone took her life from her and she had nothing to do with right. it. And apparently the Ada Police Department felt the same way because Brian Engel told local media that the case would be treated as a homicide. They did not think that she had OD'd. He said, given the circumstances and that she was found deceased in a wooded area, we're treating the investigation as a homicide at this time. This was March 2018. And maybe they thought well maybe she was using with someone that could have killed her or something like that and it was such a trace amount like what if she just what if it was just a bump because people snored it you know what i mean it could be like coke i don't know or she could have been on the ass end of it and still a tiny bit was in her system i really don't know i don't know and something that i was thinking about as well was you know if she had been clean for a while and someone wanted to maybe control her a little better, who's to say that they didn't force her to do it just so that she would be more controllable? There's so many scenarios that you could, you know, put with this. But anyway, so about a year later, Engel told Dateline, there is no current evidence that a crime has been committed and the case has not officially been classified as a homicide. Oh my God. Yeah. So here's what a year will do. They had no leads. This was recent. This was only a couple years ago. When this podcast comes out, it will be the day before the two year anniversary of her going missing, which is highly likely the two year anniversary of her death. Yes. And we can't say if leads weren't followed appropriately we can't say if this was on ada pd or they just didn't have enough to go on they weren't in charge of the scene so if you're going to be Pontotoc county sheriff's department you're going to turn something over to osbi give the body to the me and then backtrack and put the case over on ada pd i right. mean what were they there did they see it? you're passing it off to all these different departments You know, it's exactly like when you call fucking technical support and you have to retell your story. And by the time you get to, yeah, by the time you get to tier three, you're like, my phone's broken. Like you're just, you know what I mean? So I don't know. Actually, I think it was Verified News Network that um, said in one of their articles, they, they did put that correlation together. Like this has been passed off so many times and we don't know if it's just for lack of communication 
between these departments or like or maybe somebody thinks that they're supposed to be doing something and then the other department thinks they're supposed to be doing something it's just nothing is getting done no just try to trying to solve a crime off photos you have to go there you have to go out there you have to look for tile tire marks you have to look for drag marks you know what i mean you have to look for what if a bobby pin came out of her hair or a bracelet came off you know any any fucking thing but basically you're just hoping that the department before you did every single thing they could possibly do because girls don't go 15 miles from home without a car and die in the middle of a fucking pasture with their shirts over their heads i'm sorry exactly yeah well and to answer your question apparently ada has a public information director her name is lisa bratcher she was interviewed by vnn And her statement, she said, they're right now just interviewing different persons of interests and looking at different people. There's several people that fall into that category right now. Number one, we already know that there's a lack of communication. Number two, Ada PD is supposed to have, this is supposed to be their case, yet the OSBI is the ones who literally just a couple months ago put out the $10,000 reward. So I don't know if that means the OSBI has retaken over that investigation since this article came out. See, I just, I want to know what they know that we don't know because no one said shit about her phone. Where is her phone? Did it ping off somewhere? Did you look this up? I saw nothing anywhere. I read six different articles. Where the fuck is her phone? I wondered the same thing and I tried to scour everything that I had compiled and I came up with nothing as well. Nothing. So it's like, was it still in her house? Yeah. Did she leave it at home? Did he have access to it? Because that's scary. I don't know. If no one has found it, I would like to assume that it was gotten rid of. You know what I mean? In today's technology, this isn't like the cases that we've done in the past in 95 or even like 2008. GPS technology is insane nowadays. Every single person's phone has it. And unless and and you can even for mine, mine is an Android, you can just like log in with your email and go, "Hey Google, where's my fucking phone?" Uh-oh, it heard you. <laughs> <laughs> it's scary. But yeah, I mean, it'll track it within I want to say 10 yards like instantly and they can't find her phone. There's just no mention of it. Like that's it bothers me the minute she went missing i was like okay i'm gonna look for her you know what i mean because at the time i when she when she went missing my i didn't live there but my friends traveled all over the state for work and so i'm like okay you know this person let's see who she is and then i saw her face and i was like oh shit i know who that is and so i looked up both profiles and i'm scrolling through there and she's just like selfie 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 like i don't think she could have gone very far without her phone you know those people (laughs) i'm like yeah this this girl was on her phone where the hell is her phone you know women these days have to stay vigilant anyway and even if you're not like that kind of person like just me i'm just like i need my phone with me at all times so that i can one press 911 you know like one button press 911 moonlight app like moonlight app for sure yeah. i mean it's your phones are important these days especially for women and their safety and you know what if anybody out there knows what happened to her phone where her phone is freaking send us a message or something on our facebook page send us some my brother listens to this dear brother where's her phone <laughs> send us info. yes you better be listening to this by noon on monday i want a text message telling me where the hell her phone is well and i would also like to know if they like got a hold of her phone records even if they couldn't find her phone they should have been able to get a hold of her phone records mm-hmm. yes we need these questions answered. I need to know. <laughs> like, seriously. The police report states when Ada police interviewed Gomez initially. Remember, this is her husband, Will, Will Gomez. He was flagged in the National Crime Information Center, that's NCIC, with a note for law enforcement to contact federal probation. Y'all get ready for this. Oh, <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> and the wonderful part is, apparently... A reason why was not given in that report. It was like, just if you 
if you see this guy, call us. No other information. So BNN did their own digging. They found out that this wasn't the first time a marriage to William Shelby Gomez ended with a crime. Gomez applied for a marriage license with his first wife, Angela, in Oklahoma City in June 2011. He was 19 years old at the time, and according to court records, on June 20th, the day the marriage certificate was recorded and returned to the couple, the pair robbed an Arvest bank in Choctaw, Oklahoma, of more than $7,000. I just can't. I can't. So I looked him up on ODCR. You know. You know how we do. And it said that they filed on June 9th. So you guys went from married on June 9th to fucking like uh, natural born killers. Not so bad, but let's just Bonnie and Clyde before the murders within not even like two weeks. Oh yeah. Just that escalated quickly. That's like the epitome of that escalated quickly. Mm -hmm. Okay, so Angela Jones, she told investigators that Gomez shoved a shotgun into her side and forced her to take part in the robbery. He threatened to harm her parents if she drove away from the bank and left him there. She was basically telling the police that she had done this under duress. She did not want to have anything to do with it, but he literally shoved a gun gun in her face and was like, you're going to do this with me. I have pictures of the robbery coming to your phone. Do you really? Yes. From the ca- I get so excited when I get pictures. From the camera inside the bank. Look how he holds <laughs> he holds the shotgun like gangsters in the movies when they turn it sideways. <laughs> it's stupid. What? I'm oh I'm God. serious. Look at it. Oh my gosh. What? Oh my lord. It, this is a video I see. Mm-hmm. Look how these jackasses parked in the bank parking lot. Like you couldn't even <laughs> we'll, we'll put this on Facebook, you guys. <laughs> yeah, you're wondering what we're looking at. We will upload these to Facebook just as soon as this uh, episode airs so you can see what we're talking about. Intuition Investigations, Inc. Come find us if you haven't already. Come find we'll us. We'll put it on there. Yeah. This is crazy. That is insane. But you know what? I would have left him there. <laughs> if I'm the getaway driver and you just shoved a shotgun in my face, I'm like, okay, bye. <laughs> You're on your own, buddy. (laughs) But he threatened her. He said that he was going to go after her and her family. And you just don't know. Someone's nuts enough to go from husband to bank robber in two weeks. You're like, I really underestimated what this person's capable of. Well, and apparently that was the day that their marriage license was like returned to them. Like it was handed to her. And then he was like okay, here's a shotgun in your face. Let's go do this. Mine got mailed to me. What? Let's go commit a felon. (laughs) Yay. It's just, that's so crazy. What the hell did they need that money for? What'd they do with it? Where did it go? Cotton Eye Joe, where did it come from? Well, see, this is what I also, last week, I, I also did ODCR, but I've already forgotten everything I looked up. Did you see anything in there for any kind of drug charges on no, him? No, he was kind of boring. I only saw three entries. Well, I'm wondering if maybe he was into drugs or something, because that seems like something that you do when you need to pay your druggy guys or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Well, you know that theory that they had, and I put this on my Facebook page today because it really got my fucking mind reeling because I know so many women who are single parents, they're down on their luck, they don't have, they can't keep a job, they can't keep a car, they don't stay in the same house, you know what I mean? And then all of a sudden these women just start losing all this weight. And you're like, uh, something's going on. And they start posting weird things. Like one day they're gonna kick somebody's ass and you bitches can't do shit and blah 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 and the next day they're giving it all to god and then the next day they're mad again and they're kid, you yeah. know and it's just yeah. oh if it wasn't for jesus my lord and savior and i'm like are you okay like <laughs> what yeah. roller coaster did i hop on when i got on your facebook but yeah exactly like so they brought up uh like a possibility of an underground sex trafficking ring right right I did see your post about that. Yeah. Yeah. And like, it makes you wonder, like, so if someone's like pushing drugs on you, cause it's like, you know, it, it'll be okay. We'll make you a shit ton of money and you can just take this little drug, just snort it. It's no big deal. 
you know, and you'll just kind of forget and not have so much shame and you'll feel euphoric and you'll feel sexy and blah, 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 blah. And then yeah. boom, there you are. You got a pimp basically. And that's a scary fucking situation. Yeah. Well, and if there is some sort of underground sex trafficking going on in Ada, Oklahoma, no one is talking about it because this is the first time, uh, and it was VNN in in an article from VNN that they brought that up. And that was the first and the last time that I have heard anything of that. And they even said in that article that they, I believe they asked some officials about that being a possibility and it like everything was just like denied like we don't know what you're talking about <laughs> uh, i i got the impression that they were just vague about it like we don't know yeah but at the same time there's this whole like you and i have talked before about there being gangs on outer lying cities oh yeah and yeah there are certain agreements like do not cross into our territory and you know what i mean we will oh yeah respect your turf or what the fuck ever so it's like if there is something going on, they don't want us to know they know what's going on because it's going to be a huge deal. Like they have stings left and right on these meth people, their yeah. like their labs, the distributors, the dealers, whatever. When they find this shit, they have been doing extensive research and they find enough to put people away for a long time. Yeah, and I can understand that because I mean they don't want to want people knowing how their operations work in order to catch some of these people. And if it did come out that oh yeah, well there might be a sex trafficking ring in Ada, do, people would lose their shit. There would be mass panic. Yeah, I can understand why you know they they wouldn't want the public to know about certain things. You don't want to cause a mass panic. You don't want people freaking out over something that they can't control. You know, so I mean, I I get that side of it, but apparently, Will Gomez pled guilty to that whole shenanigan. Well, I should fucking hope so. <laughs> that yeah. that's a pretty blatant <laughs> camera shot. Yeah, yeah, it really is. Like, there's there's no denying that. Really, yeah, that that was you. <laughs> Yeah. He was sentenced to 50 months in federal prison and ordered to pay restitution along with four years federal probation after serving his prison time, which was set to end in February 2019. That was literally a year ago. And she, we, we lost her a year before that. So if you would just fucking hold people as long as you're supposed to. Yes. Yes. Sorry. No, thank you. Yes. Like, uh, there, if it is freaking a violent crime, why do we let people out on probation? They should have to serve their full sentence. I'm sorry. Like, that's just my opinion. But that better on. not have been considered a violent crime just because he was holding a weapon. Because women get their asses beat and domestic violence is not considered a violent crime. Are you fucking yeah, kidding me? It was. Yeah, robbery. Oh. And you know what? <sighs> Even... I, and I may be wrong, you may have to, we may have to ask your brother, but I'm pretty sure that even robbery without, uh, without like an actual gun, like even if it's like with a knife or like a pencil, whatever, if you're wielding a weapon, when you rob someone, it's considered a violent crime. And yet people can beat the shit out of their wives and significant others. And that's not considered domestic violence is not considered a violent crime. Domestic violence is not violent. Yes. Domestic Vi violence is not violent. It was it was more like domestic punching. Everything's fine. So stupid. Oh, so needless to say, his first wife filed for divorce in December 2013. <laughs> Why did yeah. it take so fucking long? I don't know. What were you yeah. doing? Maybe he'll get better. My mom prayed about it. <laughs> I have an inkling that it was just because he did go to jail and trying to get paperwork to somebody in there. Like, you have to, like, dot all your I's and cross all your T's and all that. Yeah, unless you're a snitch, then you can, like, get oh, right. married while you're both locked up. <laughs> right? Congrats, Terry Holland. You found the loophole. Jeez. <laughs> yeah. We're going to fast forward a handful of years. Gomez and Tiger, they applied for their marriage license in April 2017. So he was out two years earlier than he was supposed to be. Anyway. Disgusting. But yeah, but they didn't actually get married at that time. They reapplied 
in August 2017. I don't get that either. What the fuck happened? Yeah, I don't know. They reapplied a couple months later, and it's still unclear, at least as of this article, which was dated for a year ago, I believe. It's unclear up until that point if law enforcement even still had contact with Gomez, which you would think that they would in some way because you would think that he would have a probation officer that he would have to check in with. Yeah, you think he'd be suspect number one through five, actually. <laughs> well, yeah, he's like my only suspect, but <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, all the way back around to one. Sorry, not sorry, Will Gomez. You're suspect number one and only for me. What the hell happened to your wife? Here's another quote from from Miss Bratcher, our public relations manager, <laughs> director. She, I saw a video of her. I don't know her, but she's fucking, she's kind of cute. She just looks like the sweet mom that bakes the best cookies. Which I think is why they probably are, are making her be face. Yeah. <laughs> probably so. She just looks cute. I could be wrong. She might be a snake in the grass. I don't know. She just kind of looks, I like your cardigan. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and. They probably don't give her all of the information, you know. They're probably just like, here, say this, PR lady. And she's just like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> but so she said they would have his initial information when they did interviews early on, but I'm not sure. I don't have that information if they know as of right now where he is. So BNN apparently tried to locate Gomez to hear what he had to say about Tiger's disappearance, death, and what he thinks might have happened, but the attempts had been unsuccessful. Of course they were. Of course they were. <sighs> Ratcher said the police cannot speculate on what may have happened, even where the crimes were actually committed, because they just don't know. There apparently right. isn't enough information or evidence or whatever. Yeah. Christian said that even if she did overdose, which has been unable to be determined, whoever played a role in Tiger's death will face several potential charges. Improper disposal of a body? Improper disposal of human remains. Also, maybe they're the ones who gave the drugs to her, so you may have a homicide. Christian said, you still have a homicide if they are the person who gave drugs to her that killed her. So there's a lot of things there that still need to be determined and looked at. I want to know, okay, if she did overdose, who force fed her that much? If she did overdose and it was on her own accord, who the fuck decided it was a good idea to drag her body 15 miles out and leave it in the middle of nowhere? Hey, my brother answered me. I said, quick question, is robbery with any kind of weapon a violent crime even if you don't do a violence? And he said, yes. And I said, wow, a really sarcastic wow. And he yeah. said, as long as the weapon is defined as one per 21 OS 801. Oh, okay, because okay, I have that fucking memorized. <laughs> well, he he's probably meaning like any fucking pointy weapon that or something that could be fashioned into a, a lethal weapon, like a shiv or a, a bottle glass or yeah, I mean, just about anything if you want it bad enough can be a weapon. And if you threaten with somebody then you're obviously using it as a weapon. So, I don't know. Jessica, the sister, says she and her family held a closed closed casket ceremony soon after Brittany's body was recovered. According to Jessica, the family feels grateful for the closure brought by bringing Brittany home, but they continue to fight for justice. Well, fucking fuck yeah. yeah. I mean, we yeah, have no answers. We are with you, family. Jeez. Okay, and she says, my sister's case is still ongoing. We haven't found answers. And every time we think we're on the right road to something, it's another dead end. We just want the truth. The Ada Police Department detectives told Dateline, they continued to interview people in connection with Brittany's case. Detective Engel told Dateline, information is being followed up on and it's being made available. The Ada Police Department continues to gather information in reference to Brittany and follow up on it as it comes to light. I'm sure everybody would like to figure out what ultimately happened to Brittany, so they're obviously going to keep interviewing and asking questions, Bratcher said. Tiger left behind three kids. Bratcher also says, I want people to know that our condolences are with her family, and if anybody has in any information at all, to please contact the Ada Police Department. Both the police department and sheriff's office agreed 
that's the best shot they have of finding out the truth about what happened. Christian said he believes there's more than one person out there with answers. Which I do too, because somebody had to have a fucking vehicle to drive her out there. I'm just saying, if the husband didn't have it, then he had to have gotten somebody with one. I'm just... Yeah, or even like if he didn't want anyone else to be involved in it, whose car did you borrow? Exactly. So just saying. I just have so many fucking... (laughs) Or what what if something happened that night... But she didn't go out there, or she wasn't taken out there until much later. You know what I mean? What if she was, like, there at the house, and he just said that she went missing? Because no one went over there for a fucking week. He didn't call anyone for a week. Oh, no, I never even thought about that. That is... That's horrible. Maybe that's why you didn't call the damn police, because you're like, what am I going to do with this? Oh, my gosh. I don't know. I'm just saying. Yeah, that's actually a really great point of why he wouldn't allow anyone to come to the house that's insane okay anyway you just exploded my mind a little bit where the fuck is her makeup bag where are her hoodies like somebody go check sandy creek probably the same same place that her phone is honestly seriously so okay christian says the person who took the body out there and left it they know what happened they know Mm -hmm. what they did And I don't think that they did it alone. I think they had assistance in disposing of her body. And there's more than one individual that can come forward. So I 100% agree. Same. Okay, so if you happen to know anything, anything at all, obviously you could call the Ada Police Department if you want to put it in their hands. Or you can email the OSBI at tips at osbi.ok.gov that's tips t-i-p-s at osbi.ok.gov you could also report it to Crime Stoppers which is www.crimestoppers.org their phone number is 580-332-2824 ooh look at you on point got it <laughs> Ada PD non-emergency. Everybody needs to know this anyway. The non-emergency <laughs> number <laughs> is 580-332-4466. Like, please don't call 911. Don't call 911. <laughs> <laughs> just for if you just have information, don't don't call 911. Call that non-emergent line. With any one of those, you can remain anonymous. Just give tips, give him anything you know, anything he said, anything she said, every fucking thing you possibly can, because something weird happened. Yeah. I mean, this this is just a really, it's a sad case. I just can't help but think that people like you, we have discussed on this podcast before that if, so if someone's a rapist, 99% of the time when they get caught being a rapist that is not their first offense right unless it's domestic violence sometimes uh murderers aren't one and done i wouldn't say everyone's a serial killer but you know what i mean like it's it's either heat of the moment or you get off on this somehow but it just it seems like criminals are addicted to criminal behavior so he's going to slip up and fuck up somewhere and as long as he is on a national database for we need to get in touch with this guy hopefully it will get back like he's gonna do something and uh, heaven forbid that he has another wife or girlfriend right now i'm just saying i almost felt you like pointing at your eyes and then pointing towards yes the will that we're talking about like i I see you and know me watch him <laughs> i absolutely 100% did do that <laughs> <laughs> i'm talking to you you <laughs> you <laughs> heaven forbid if if he's got another woman in his life i mean apparently he just up and disappeared after all of this happened which is another like huge red flag for me i'm sorry hello sketchy <laughs> yeah Anyway, if you have any information, even if it's, well, I know a guy who said he heard a thing, anything can lead to something. So just call in your tips, 
you can remain anonymous, or you can even email, like, create a weird new anonymous email address and email OSBI, that little email link that I gave you. Anything will help, honestly, because this family needs answers. They want to know what happened to their sister, to their daughter, to their mother. She was a mother of three that she left behind, a young mother at that. It is so fucking frustrating to know that at least one person knows what happened to her. Whether it's him or not, I, someone fucking knows. Oh yeah. How do you live with yourself? I don't get it. Even if it's like, well, I did let Will borrow my truck that night, but I just assumed that he told me the truth on what he was doing with it. Like, no, no, you, oh, you call like right the, now. <laughs> like the fucking batshit crazy guy that borrowed the truck. Yes. I don't, you know, in the Caitlin Wooten case. Yes. Yeah. Like, I just don't say for instance, Raven, I told you that I had chicken piccata for lunch and then i remember later that i actually had steak and lobster it would fucking drive me insane i would have yes. to text you at 3 a.m and be like oh shit i accidentally lied to you i fucking had chicken yeah. and, or steak and lobster I'm you know the exact I mean? same way oh yeah, okay, yeah. How? how because it could accidentally like once once that's gone you wonder about every fucking thing I say. And so it's like, I, yep. I, it bothers me. How yep. can you know what happened to this person? How can you know what you've done to children and this entire family? How can you, how can you deal with police officers? Like police officers have their own damn lives, their own yeah. wives and family and children. And yet they go to bed, laying there at night, seeing what they've seen and going, honestly, what the hell happened to her? You just can't help but feel like you failed somebody. Oh yeah, yeah. And, and yeah, I'm the exact same way. I don't know how many times I have Facebooked you in the middle of the night instead of texting you just so that I won't wake you up. But it's like really important for me to correct a thing I said 12 hours yeah. earlier. <laughs> I had an oopsie daisy and like, you know, I never would have known the fucking difference. Not bothering my sleep patterns. No, at all, but, but to me, I'm like, she's going to fucking think I'm a liar. <laughs> I have to tell her right now. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah. And I, I'm right there with you. I don't know. That would eat me alive. Just like our last episode, how did Miss Judy not, how was she not just eaten from the inside out? I, I, that's what I don't understand on that one. <laughs> did, you, did you see her smile I in did. that orange jumpsuit? She was like, she didn't have a care in the world. I know. Maybe, it must be nice. <laughs> maybe she's on some fucking high level Prozac or something. She's like, you know, I thought I dreamed that happened, but... <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. If things are going on at home, if things are going on in your life, in your relationship, like, please, for the love of God, honestly, if this sex trafficking thing is going on, if somebody's trying to force you to do drugs, it's, you know, any anything in the world that you have to hold in your heart and in your chest and it's heavy on your mind and it causes you to not be able to sleep or it causes you to worry or be paranoid about anything, I want you to know that that is not healthy that is not okay and you need to fucking tell somebody you tell need somebody. to talk to somebody there is absolutely nothing wrong with telling someone your secrets or your problems no matter how you look to anybody you look a lot better doing that than dead just tell somebody there's a problem nobody can fix anything nobody knows what to do or where to go i mean all these family and friends are sitting there saying that they had a happy healthy relationship then who the hell took her life what took her life who took her to a field like i don't get it i i have something that i would like to leave with our listeners just because Brittany was a Native American woman, so let's leave you with this. Native American women go missing and murdered at higher rates than the national average. And Native Americans in general go missing and murdered at a higher rate than any other race in Oklahoma. According to Potawatomi.org, and it's an article called Invisible No More, for more than 80% of Native American and Alaska Native women experiencing violence throughout their lifetimes, it's a harsh reality. In fact, Native women in some areas of the country are murdered at 10 times the national average. 
Often, the public perceives that most missing and murdered Indigenous women cases occurs on rural reservations, but 71% of American Indians live in urban areas. Oklahoma is home to 39 tribes and ranks 10th in the nation for missing and murdered Indigenous women. That is insane. That is terrible. But at the same time, if you consider, like, we have a higher population of Native Americans, so of course we're going to have a higher number. Right. You know? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. The article addresses the need for greater communication between law enforcement and tribes, which is a thing. We're working on it. (laughs) Yeah. Olivia Gray, citizen of the Osage Nation of Oklahoma, director of the Osage Nation Family Violence Prevention Department and founding member of the Northeast Oklahoma Missing and Murdered Indigenous Relatives. She says, we already notify tribes when there is an Indian child that goes into foster care. So why couldn't we make this a part of the process when there's a missing persons report or there's a murdered victim found? she asked let's make it a part of the process to contact that tribe because it's their citizen and it's not just their citizen it's their relative additionally native american experience violence by interracial perpetrators at a higher rate than any other race and often violence starts at home it's not just a missing or murder issue for more times than not the cases that we look into are tied to domestic violence or trafficking or sexual assaults or childhood sexual assaults grace said so let's look at our systematic gaps In 1978, a U.S. Supreme Court case determined tribes cannot prosecute non-native perpetrators who commit crimes on tribal or reservation land. Legislation that restores tribal jurisdiction and sovereignty as nations is one key component to overcoming the epidemic. Beyond that, if we're not going to be restoring the right of the local governments on the ground that protect women, where they live in their homes, then we need to be thinking about legislation that provides resources and funding to tribal law enforcement, said Mary Catherine Nagel, Cherokee Nation citizen and attorney with Pipesteam Law and Missing and Murdered Indigenous Women's Activist. Lacking a joint database for municipalities, states, tribes, and the federal government to report and manage cases makes it more difficult to track MMIW numbers and is not conducive to open communication. Native women are falling through the system's cracks. We also need to think about giving tribal law enforcement access to national databases and then mechanisms that will ensure that state, local, or county governments also put Native women who are murdered or go missing into that database, she adds. More than 5,700 Indigenous women across the United States were missing or murdered in just 2016 alone. Yeah, but the Department of Justice database accounted for only 116 of those, according to an Urban Indian Health Institute study. If a crime is committed, Against Native women, the jurisdiction falls to the state if it is not on tribal lands, she said. Crime needs to be equal. Yeah. Punishment needs to be equal. Research needs to be equal. Investigations, everything. It doesn't fight. A life is a life. Oklahoma will receive federal funding to hire a murdered and missing Indigenous persons coordinator as the Department of Justice takes greater steps to address disproportionately high rates of violence affecting Native American communities. This was from the Daily Oklahoman. You can just look up that article. Uh, I'll leave that with you. Basically, they're saying that they're putting someone in place to try to start taking care of this situation. So I want to leave our listeners with just some information for our Native American listeners, okay? And and even non-Natives are allowed to seek this help as well. So I want to leave you with this. The Potawatomi House of Hope, you can find on Facebook. It is facebook.com slash cpnhouseofhope. It offers free assistance to individuals, Native and non-Native, who have experienced intimate partner violence, sexual assault, stalking, anything like that, that resides in Pottawatomie County, Seminole County, Oklahoma County, Lincoln, or Cleveland County. Not Pontotoc? Not Pontotoc County. I'm getting to that one, though. 
I want to go Oklahoma wide. So the the House of Hope seeks to eliminate family violence by providing victims and the community with appropriate, effective services and programs. They bring people together to build networks and to learn from each other and make central Oklahoma a safer place to be. Their services include safety planning, assistance with locating emergency shelters, court advocacy, BPO assistance, resources, emergency transportation, emergency clothing assistance, parenting education, domestic violence support groups, 24-hour crisis intervention. Okay, and you can also call them at 405-878-HOPE 24-7. You can call them literally anytime. The... Citizen Potawatomi Nation Family Violence Program is 405-275-3176. The Oklahoma Safe Line is 1-800-522-SAFE or 1-800-522-7233. The Women's Resource Center in Norman, 405-701-5540. The Citizen Potawatomi Nation 24-hour Tribal Police Dispatch, 405-878-4818. You can also call a National Domestic Violence Hotline at 800-787-3244. Now, the Chickasaw Nation for Pontotoc County and the surrounding counties has one of the exact same type of places. It's called the Chickasaw Nation's Violence Prevention Center, and you can find more information on it at chickasaw.net. It is located on Stone Cypher Boulevard. It offers cert- services just like the other. They offer locations in Ada, Ardmore, and Oklahoma City. They said in a Ada News article, with the opening of the Violence Prevention Center, we're able to consolidate and expand services for men and women who are seeking assistance dealing with domestic violence situations. That was a quote from Governor Anna Tevy. There would be nothing better than to have no need for a center like this, but the need is there. So long as the need is there, we need to be there to help that need. So they offer counseling service, career services, educational programs, assistance with everyday needs, which will be offered at the facility. So it's right near the Chickasaw Nation Medical Center. Chickasaw Nation Violence Prevention Services are voluntary and available to Native and non-Native individuals. Okay, so www.chickasaw.net slash domestic violence or 580-272-5580. You've reached the end of our episode. All suspects are innocent until proven guilty in a court of law. Join Raven next time on the Sirens Podcast. Do we have an outro? That's our outro, isn't it?